More Deadly, the director's cut, where we speak with the incredible women-identified directors who are making the horror movies we love oh so much. More Deadly is a trans-inclusive podcast. We celebrate the work of cis and trans women, as well as non-binary filmmakers who are comfortable being included in a space that centers the work of, you guessed it, women. Joining me is my very, very beloved friend, my cohort, my co-conspirator, my partner in crime, my partner in podcast, crimes <laughs> against podcasting. <laughs> we occasionally talk- commit those, yes. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you would definitely help me hide the body, right? 100%, of course. And vice versa. If you go on a killing yeah. spree, girl, I got you. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> but are not you going down I- for murder. We're going to cover that shit up. <laughs> yes. I don't have a shovel, but I will go buy one. <laughs> Ariel, girl, how have you been? I love you so much. I love you too. I'm doing good. I'm doing yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. So far, I have not needed you to help me dispose of a human being. So it's going I mean, not good. that we would admit to on the internet anyway. <laughs> wink, wink. Those fingerprints, they started there. They're from the Jurassic Age. Don't, don't worry about it. It's my doppel finger printer. Like it's it's fine. Doppel finger printer. It's a listen. I'm sorry if you don't understand scientific technical terms. Oh my god, I gotta warn you. I'm a little punchy tonight. I'm a little punchy. I've been on a little bit of a marathon today. This is the fifth thing I've recorded today. So I know, but listen. They say if you do the thing you love, you've never worked. You never work a day in your life. They so. lied. <laughs> <laughs> I just want people to know what they're in for with me today because I am out of my dang mind. Like it's, <laughs> it's a wrap. It's a wrap for your girl. Fortunately, fortunately, this is here's the thing. It's no matter how tired I am, when there's something this cool, I can't help but rise to the occasion. And that okay, is good. another amazing episode of More Deadly Director's Cup because I'm always so inspired by these episodes. Me too. Well, that's good because you did all the heavy lifting for it. <laughs> <laughs> I unfortunately was out of town traveling, you so were. I was not able to join you on this episode, but you don't need me. The baby I mean, bird do, is out of the nest. But... <laughs> you are flying. You are soaring. And I'm just like in my little empty nest alone. Oh, <laughs> Now I'm picturing sad, lonely bird, Rachel. I'm like, but uh, yeah, sad, lonely bird, Rachel wants to take a sad, lonely bird nap. (laughs) (laughs) But I can't because we have exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. Let's get into it. Ariel, what what are we doing on this episode? What have you been up to? Introduce this interview. (laughs) 
So I had the pleasure of talking with director Nyla Anukshuk, who directed Slashback. It's a really cool movie, and I'm excited for you guys to hear this interview because she's super interesting. Yeah. Yeah, this is a great one. I mean, you're such a good interviewer and conversationalist, and I get the pleasure of doing those. coming. I'm, <laughs> thank listen, you, thank you. <laughs> I'm just stating facts. It's not my fault that reality has a, you know, a complimentary bias when it comes to you. <laughs> but the thing is, is I usually get to do these with you. And so like, I get to see it firsthand. And what I discovered is it's just as great to get to listen to it after the fact and just like hear you be amazing. And I you think people are really going to love thank this. You. I hope so. Whatever. Shut up. You are amazing. <laughs> Get over it. Get over yourself. You're amazing. <laughs> but okay, since it's such a new film, we want to make sure to let people know if there's any spoilers. Are there spoilers that people should be worried about in this interview? Yeah. So first of all, this movie is out now and you can rent it wherever you normally rent your VOD stuff. And Mostly the interview completely avoids spoilers other than super general stuff about what the aliens look like, because I guess that's a spoiler. There are aliens in this movie. (laughs) But um, other than that, I would say you're pretty safe to proceed and listen to the interview even before you watch the movie. But you can also go and watch the movie. That'd be fun, too. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, available now on VOD. Put it in your eyeballs. All right. But before we get into your interview, why don't you give us a little bit of background about Nyla? All right, so Nyla Anukshuk is an Indigenous Canadian writer, director, and producer. But not only is she a triple threat, there's more stuff that she does that's super cool. She's also the founder of Mixtape VR, which produces film, virtual, and augmented reality content. What? That's yeah. so cool. <laughs> right? And then she also is a writer for Marvel Comics where she co-created the character of Snowguard and a Nook teenage superhero and a member of Marvel's Champion League. That's so cool. Yeah, I know. Yeah, she's pretty awesome. So Slashback, the movie that we're talking about today, is her first feature-length film. It debuted this year at South by Southwest, and it landed on VOD on October 21st. And later this year, it's set to be released on Shudder. So Slashback was set and shot in the Inuit hamlet of Pangnertung, Nunavut, Canada, and they call it Ping for short. And it features a cast made up almost entirely of local residents. So Nyla herself actually grew up in the Inuit community of Igloolik and decided to shoot her film in Ping because she was really determined to kind of showcase the beauty of the people there, the place, the culture of the Arctic area. And she actually fell in love with this specific community of Ping while making a documentary there when she was in college. And she decided she wanted to set her film there and focus on Inuit girls specifically because she never saw herself represented in media when she was growing up. That's cool. Yeah, but there were some challenges filming in the Arctic. Uh, One of them was that there weren't any casting agents in Pang. So instead of formal auditions, (laughs) she actually put on acting workshops for young women who lived there. And then by doing that, she was able to try these different kids in different combinations and was able to cast her proof of concept film that way and then use the same actors for the actual feature length film. Oh, that's so cool. I mean, this is what I'm saying. Like she brought she's highlighting a culture and a part of the world that we just don't see and bringing these amazing opportunities to these young artists. It's just cool on so many levels. Yeah, absolutely. 
And the, the cool thing, too, was that as she was developing the script for the film, she formed relationships with the girls that act in the movie. She would take trips where the girls lived and she would actually take them out on boats or she would watch scary movies with them. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Best and auntie then, ever. I know. Right. And then she used kind of what she observed about those interactions and kind of the language they used on a daily basis to guide her while she was writing her script to make it oh, more authentic. Oh, cool. that's yeah. so great. I mean, because is there's nothing worse than like adult writing teens, yes. trying to like write teens. It rings so inauthentic <laughs> and hollow. Like you hear it, you're just yeah. like, oh God, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so she was also, you'll like this, Rachel, very inspired by the Goonies. Say what now? <laughs> <laughs> the Goonies, you said? Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, she had originally planned on this movie having male leads. But it was her little brother who reminded her that in Nunavut, strong female figures are actually more likely to be the ones hightailing it after monsters. So she switched it up at that point. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That is so yeah. great. Yeah, that's what I got. That's so cool. I mean, yeah, everything about this is like at the center of Venn diagram of things that I'm super into. Woman director, story about heroic young girls girlhood like yep sci-fi horror fan like it's everything everything this is exactly <laughs> the movie that I wanted when I was 12 it's amazing it's amazing yeah, yeah. so so cool all right awesome well I'm gonna give you a quick synopsis before we get into your interview this film for those of you who don't know follows a group of indigenous girls who discover as you do an alien invasion has come to their tiny town and it's up to them of course, to save the world. NBD, no problem. Fortunately, <laughs> they have plenty of resources. And by that, I mean they've watched a lot of horror movies and have a lot of horror movie knowledge, as well as some handmade weapons. So they have everything they need to take on this invading force. And the aliens who may be suffering for a little bit of hubris, intergalactic hubris, <laughs> discover that they have no idea who they were messing with. And it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty good summation. <laughs> All right. Well, what did you think of this movie? Let me hear your, let me give it a quick review from you, Ariel. Yeah. So this movie is really great because it's got all those elements you love, or at least I know we love where it's kids coming together, having to like band together to fight against something else. But it's also set from a different cultural perspective, which makes it really interesting. The other cool thing is that because it's set in the Arctic, everything happens during the day because it's summertime. Mm -hmm. So there's absolutely no dark in this movie, which I think makes it really cool. So I would say that this one is definitely worth your time and worth checking out. It's an indie film, so it had a pretty small budget, and you might notice that in some of the special effects. But other than that, I think it's pretty solid and a good time. So everybody, head to the VODs. Check it out. Support this artist and um, all these amazing girls. Good stuff. All right. Yeah. Let's get into your interview with Nyla. Let's do it. Hello. Hi. Hi. It's so nice to meet you. Thank you for taking the time to speak with me today. I know it's it's a big day since your movie's actually being released right now. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for chatting with me. Yeah. So I just have a few questions for you. I got a chance to see the movie last night. It was really wonderful. And so I just, I noticed a couple of things. So first off, your film has this really strong sense of place. And I think a lot of that comes from the fact that you are filming in the location the movie is actually set. But I also think that your choice of actors played a role there. Can you talk about the casting and why it was important to you to pick young Indigenous actors? 
Yeah. Um, so I had this idea of making this alien invasion movie in this community, like paying like one, a community, like one I'm from. Mm -hmm. And um, when, and my sister-in-law is actually from the community of Peng. And oh, okay. that in part was like, oh yeah. So meeting some girls from there, I'm like, these girls could take on an alien invasion. <laughs> um, and then, but my sister-in-law, she didn't really learn how to speak English until she was about 14 years old. And so I knew making a movie that was set in this place that it just had to be made with um, Inuit cast. And so it, I knew that that would be kind of this, a bit of a hurdle to get, uh, and, and, you know, just say it went in making movies is really hard getting movies yeah, made, of course. Really challenging and being a first time director and, um, uh, and then, you know, of course, not, um, just insisting on, uh, on in, in, in teenagers meant that we wouldn't be having celebrities starring in the movie. Of course. Yeah. Um, but that was that was really important to me, and and luckily um, my producers were on board from from the beginning, and that was important to them as well. So it, it, it um, kind of going through that process was was really great in finding the girls, and then they ended up being such an important part of the the whole project. Yeah, I mean their personalities really come across in the film. I think it's it's a unique film for that reason. So. On the one hand, your movie is sort of this wild alien story, right? But you also have a lot of social commentary very subtly woven in. I mean, between the alien invasion plotline and the way the police officer acts and the leather jacket that one of the actors wears that says no justice on stolen lands, were you wanting to make a statement about colonization? And were you, what were you hoping that audiences would take away from your film? Yeah, um... I was kind of trying to not necessarily tell a story about colonization, but I did because I because I was trying to um, I was trying to really focus on telling a cool alien invasion story set sure. in this place. And I, I but I was very much aware that being indigenous, this being an indigenous community facing an invading threat, that that um, that narrative would kind of uh, and metaphor would kind of be placed mm -hmm. on top of the movie. And that's not something that I was against at all. Um, but just for me, it was, um, I just kind of felt like if we were to kind of do anything that was so intentionally kind of nodding to that, it might feel kind of heavy handed. Um, but I loved working with with different uh, indigenous designers, including Section 35, who made that amazing jacket. And that's a jacket that um, I think, you know, was, it, it was something that was on social media that maybe the girls might have seen and tried to replicate themselves. And, and uh, a friend of mine beaded uh, Micah's hat. Um, oh, okay. So to be able to kind of incorporate, incorporate those kinds of, of things and, um, was was so much fun and yeah and then to kind of you know have these um have people be able to kind of take their own interpretations and uh, and um kind of understanding of the movie i think that's so great yeah yeah i mean i i definitely think it's subtle there's nothing heavy-handed about the messaging in this movie and you are really focused on these teens just trying to survive this kind of crazy thing that's happening to them <laughs> thanks it also seemed to me that the main character, Micah, was sort of had some disdain or even maybe embarrassment around her Inuit heritage. Was it important for you to include that perspective of her sort of coming to terms with who she is? Yeah, um, I think that that was definitely something that I had to work through when I was a teenager. 
and just hanging out with these teenagers and in, in developing the script, it was just so clear that there were some layers of shame that some of the kids had to work through and it would come come out in in their language or the way they felt about certain things and we would have these conversations about those things and what it meant and and to kind of have um you know I wanted to make a movie that was really kind of fun but you also want something that's rooted in a bit of heart and and for these girls to kind of feel like uh um and and for Micah to feel like this place that she's from is one worth fighting for and that she is actually as an you know hunter uniquely capable of taking on this right challenge. yeah yeah I really liked that backstory of hers I think it added a lot to her strength as a character so in your movie the girls make reference to a folk story were the aliens or even maybe what they look like based on real Inuit folklore no, but it was really fun to kind of um, when I, I mean, what I, I love about growing up in Nunavut is we do have all these amazing, scary, terrifying stories that we're told. And um, we're, you know, told, of course, just um, the same kind of children's stories that a lot of people are told that are often cautionary tales, um, Hansel and Gretel and stuff. And sure. And then, being in the Arctic, there's just so many things that are dangerous all the time. So our, our stories are really terrifying. And so we've got all these amazing creatures and, and things from mythology that are spoken about as, as real and existing. Um, and so it, it, I felt like it's such a magical kind of place to grow up with these stories and, and hearing about, you know, elders being nearly taken by Halukiluit when they're younger. Um, and when we were developing the script, the, the girls often talk about Iraq, which are these shapeshifters. And right. so to kind of incorporate that into the into the script was lots of fun. Oh, that's that's really interesting because I mean I think that's what's so great about horror is that you really can insert it into different cultural perspectives and then you end up with something wholly unique because of it. Yeah. So you mentioned it being filmed in the Arctic. We rarely see horror movies that are set completely during the day, you know, with the sun out and everything. Why did you decide to go that route? And did it present any challenges in trying to make it, you know, an intense movie? Yeah, it definitely, it definitely presented some challenges. The reason I went that route was in part selfish because I've shot in Nunavut in the winter time and it is very, very cold. <laughs> I imagine. <laughs> and it's really dark. And and um so wanting to it was and and Nunavut in the summertime is one a place that I think a lot of people haven't seen before and it is so stunningly beautiful. Yeah. Um so to be able to showcase that. And it also is the time when the sun comes up and it's 24 hour sunlight and all the parents have to go and do their boring adult stuff like work and the kids can do whatever they want and have kind of this run of the town. And so that in itself is this kind of special time. But yeah, of course, it's a, it created a bit of challenges. It was also kind of fun. And and certainly, you know, I was I love movies and um, horror movies and was inspired by um, Leatherface. And there were great scenes with him out in the in the daytime. And and so, you know, it was fun to try and figure out ways to make it work. Yeah, the way that the adults' faces looked after they had been taken over, you just mentioned Leatherface. I definitely got that inspiration for it. There's something very uncanny about the way it looks, especially around the eyes, I feel like, and the way that they move. I, I thought yeah. that was very smart. 
Thank you. Yeah, Troy James is this amazing contortionist and he can really do the craziest things with his body. Oh, that was all done in camera? That's yeah. A practice. Wow. Oh, yeah, he's like double jointed in every joint and can just do the craziest things. And so he would actually get, we would get these skin suits made of our actors that get turned into aliens and then he would wear them and have to put on like the arm suits and stuff and <laughs> crazy, his crazy things. That's amazing. So for our show, More Deadly, we interview a lot of women directors because we focus on women-identified directors and horror movies. And we've spoken to a lot of them who have talked about the challenges that this business can present for women. Have you found that being a woman presents unique challenges and being a film director and writer? And do you feel like maybe that's something that's changing? Yeah, I think that it probably does. Um, for me, it was interesting. I actually kind of saw myself, uh, I've, when growing up, I always wanted to be a director and direct horror movies, and I would be making my cousins get drenched in blood and stuff like that. <laughs> Amazing. And then at somewhere along the way, it was interesting. I went to film school, and then I decided I was more interested in producing and writing, and I was actually planning to produce and write slashback. And then it was this kind of this crazy series of things that happened. And then I was like, what am I doing? I should be directing this. And I think that there were, you know, just, and it wasn't this direct thing that was saying, oh, you're not, you shouldn't be doing it. But I think um, somewhere along the way, I felt, and whether it, that is because I'm a woman or, or other experiences in indigenous women, it mm -hmm. was like interesting to kind of like, I, I kind of needed this big kind of shift to be like, oh, I need to. I want to do this. And actually saying that I wanted to do this was, was one of the most challenging things. And then like, you know, learning, learning every lesson and then getting used to this idea of getting on set and having, um, I realized that I wasn't quite used to when I said something, having it be heard and oh, like that's interesting. people responding. And it was like just the, the nature of the hierarchy of movies and the way the director's kind of at the top, when you say something, all these, it's their job to kind of get you what you want and it was this it was kind of um this confidence building thing for me and a shift for me in my life of thinking about you know how I need to be asking for what I need and then should be expecting people to hear me when I say things yeah yeah absolutely so since you are a, a director and you've been working with all these young actors I was wondering if you have any advice for young women who want to direct but maybe feel like they don't have the opportunity or don't have the confidence to do it yeah, I would just encourage them to get started in any way they in any way they can, even if the, with their phones and playing around with with um, with framing and telling stories with what they've got, what you can hear and what you can see, and watching movies and asking people for advice and help is a big one. Um, and um, you know, for for me, Slashback was just every day was a learning experience and it's like, but you do have to start somewhere. And, and with, for me, I had, I started with proof of concept because I hadn't directed anything before. I knew I wanted these young people. So in order to get people to kind of get on board this idea, I shot this little short, I got to raise the funds for that first and was able to say, oh, like, this is what the style and tone is going to be. Um, and then, so maybe it's starting small, maybe it's making it a podcast first or a comic book. And then like, then figuring out from there how to kind of move into features and then just like not being too precious about it being like okay well that might not have turned out the way I expected it to but I can now take the lessons learned from that and try and get better with the next thing 
Yeah. Oh, that's great. I like the advice of pushing past failures because you learn so much from things that even go wrong, you know? Oh yeah. And like you learn so much in those uncomfortable moments, but it's important to kind of feel them and be like, oh, what's uncomfortable about this? Where can I grow to make it so it's not this uncomfortable next time? (laughs) Yeah. So I know we have to wrap up, but I just wanted to ask you if you could tell us a little bit about any upcoming projects you have in the works and where my listeners um, could follow you online if they wanted to keep track of what you're up to. Sure. Um, I've got a psychological thriller that I've written with the same co-writer, Ryan Cabin, and we are hoping to film it next summer um, and just developing a couple more projects. Oh, that's exciting. We love a psychological thriller. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I think it's really fun. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm not on Twitter. I'm I'm on Instagram, Instanyla, and then Slashback, Slashback Film. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. This was really interesting and your film is really wonderful. So congratulations. I appreciate it. All right. So that was your chat with Nyla. That was so much fun. She is great. She is awesome. I loved the the fact that she was inspired. I mean, because obviously the girls have all this horror knowledge, but I, I get, you can feel like her love of the genre as well with things like being inspired by Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. And when you watch the movie, I think it's so clear that that's mm-hmm. what she was inspired by. You can see it in the way that these aliens have sort of changed people's oh. bodies. It's very, very cool. And it also has kind of a Cthulhu-like element to uh-huh. it too, which is uh-huh. really cool. Um, cool. So I think those elements people are really going to like. But I also thought that it was just great the way that she was talking about how growing up she felt some shame around her own identity about being Mm -hmm. indigenous and she noticed that in some of the girls too the actual actors that in their daily lives they were kind of dealing with that too and so that's infused into the plot but it's also not that serious of a movie if you know what I mean like these things Mm -hmm. are kind of subtly woven in but it's not like a heavy film and you also get to see the girls dealing with crushes and things like that so I just think it's a good time and she did a really good job of balancing that yeah I mean and making a film like this that celebrates these girls and their heritage and her heritage those are the kinds of when they talk about the power of representation she's actually with her film moving that forward is I don't know I'm always so inspired by that yeah and I love that she was talking about taking inspiration from her own folklore yeah I thought that was really interesting too and it made me want to read about it as well (laughs) because it sounds Uh really interesting Uh and the fact that she said that there's like you know things that are really scary when you read about them I just thought that was super cool yeah absolutely yep so fun this was such a great interview you did such a great job and oh, the movie's you. so cute i'm i'm excited to see what people think about it yeah me too me too awesome well if you have thoughts about it or if you want to just praise the amazing ariel and like I get it. <laughs> same same you can do that by emailing us at rachel at zombiegirls.com you can come chat with us over on the zombie girls facebook page or you can and you should follow us on instagram and twitter at zg podcast plural slide into the dms there you know what to do if you're looking for something spooky to watch tonight because you've already watched slashback then you should check out our video on demand and streaming calendar at zombiegirls.com because we keep track of all the spooky doings that are happening on all the streaming services and of course on video on demand If you want to support us, there's a couple of really great ways that you can do that. You can 
rate and review us uh, wherever it is that you're getting your pause, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, wherever. We're everywhere. So uh, be sure to rate and review us. And if you want to rep us, we have merch. You should definitely check that out. And uh, of course, we still have our Patreon. So if you want to support us there, you can find us at patreon.com forward slash zombie girls, get extended episodes, bonus episodes, hang out on our discord, which I mean, our discord continues to grow and there's so many cool, fun people on there. I love getting to know everyone. I mean, we talk about everything. It's so much fun. Okay. So I think that's it for the plugs. Did I get them all, Ariel? Yeah, I think so. I think you did it. All right. Well, then in that case, take us out. All right. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to another episode of More Deadly Director's Cut. I hope that you enjoyed my interview with Nyla Anukshuk. It was a really fun one for me, and uh, I hope you guys had a good time, too. And we'll be back next time with something else great. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thanks to everyone for listening, and thanks to my co-host, Ariel, who's always willing to come on here and geek out about horror with me. And finally, thanks to the women who make the horror films we love so much. Production of this episode was done by yours truly. Editing was done by Ariel Messman-Rucker. And our theme song, More Deadly, was by Elizabeth Kyle and Eric Newell.